Why do humans spend their family's assets and their life savings and travel halfway across the world in what are precarious conditions just to arrive at our coastline in those small boats? And why do some British citizens go to extreme positions like getting citizenship in two or three or four or five or more countries so that they can have the flexibility to travel at short notice and protect themselves from their country's crazy initiatives like Brexit? What really is the impact of citizenship privilege? What does it enable you to do? Where is citizenship an enabler and where is it a barrier? In this podcast episode, Gracie Williams and I share our thoughts about citizenship privilege and how it regulates what we can and what we cannot do. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast, a podcast by belonging pioneers and Culture Lab Consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging goals. This is where we erupt the constraining impact of privilege and explore new possibilities in the context of shared power and purpose. Quick reminder now for you to please head over to and complete our privilege research survey, the privilege conundrum, as we continue to deepen our body of knowledge around the impact of all kinds of privilege at work. You'll find the link to the survey in the show notes. And as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode with some ideas on how to break the wheel of citizenship, power and privilege. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realise a culture of inclusion for all. Gracie, we're talking about citizenship privilege this week. Yeah. I'm wondering, have you ever experienced citizenship privilege? Probably definitely, because, you know, I've, I was born in the UK, never moved anywhere. So I've always sort of had that privilege of being from here not having to worry about whether I need to you know pay extra to be here or to fight for my spot basically like I've never had to fight for it so I would say yeah I am privileged in that aspect yeah and have you seen it like have you witnessed it in others either over or under privilege not not personally that I can remember, but I definitely have witnessed it through the news. Like, I've always sort of been 
very aware of it. I did media in sixth form and we talked a lot about um, that situation. I did sociology as well and we talked about it in there as well. Just how much people have to fight for safety, um, Mm. mainly and to be able to reunite with their families and stuff. But I've never witnessed it personally. So for myself, um, when I thought about this, I mainly thought about the freedom to travel. Okay, so um, for example, with a British passport, I can pretty much travel anywhere in the world, get to the destination and have a stamp in the passport that lets me stay there for around a month. Yeah. Some countries you go to, like America... They might ask you more questions yeah. about what you're there for. In fact, I experienced that when I went to Vienna for the 15 seconds talk as well, is that they were much more probing. Mm. Um, and that was in, it was where I switched flights. So it was in Holland. Yeah. And in Holland, they were asking some very specific questions about what I was going to do, what I was going to talk about. And Partly that's the citizenship privilege that we lost when we came out of the European Union, yeah. right? Yeah. And so my sense is there's kind of a hurt in our European family, so to speak. And so there's a kind of citizenship privilege on their part there, which is they can take out their upset on us yeah. by, um, by asking more difficult questions. Yeah. Ultimately, though... With a British passport, ultimately they do have to let me in. Yeah. Um, but they just make it unpleasant. Mm. Um, however, for my Sri Lankan relatives, if they want to come over and visit, there's a whole process. It's so difficult. And right now the embassy, no, right now the, the embassy in Sri Lanka is open, but at one time it was closed. So the passports had to go to India, so it took a lot longer. Mm. Uh they're more likely to have their visa declined. But they can't even travel, they can't even come here unless they've already got the visa. Yeah. Now, it happens in reverse in that when I travel to Sri Lanka on the British passport, they won't give me more than a month to stay there. Right. Whereas if I was a citizen of Sri Lanka, obviously I could stay Mm -hmm. as long as I want um, and I could work and all of that. Um, So... Citizenship has its privileges. Yeah. I, um, irrespective of the country you come from. And it depends on what you're trying to do. For example, if you want to suddenly go and work in Germany or suddenly go and work in America, yeah. even British passport, you can't do that. Yeah. Because it's a privilege of their nationals. Um. And then I also observed for people who are in the process of becoming British, so they've come from another country and they've, they've applied for unlimited leave to remain. They're not yet a British citizen, yeah. um, but they're a British resident. Um, at the beginning, there are some constraints on what benefits they can access. Mm-hmm. So, so there are privileges that we take for granted that they don't have access to around, um, I think it's around benefits, you know, universal credit and so forth. Yeah. 
so they have they they can't so for example my daughter-in-law's come from dubai mm -hmm. she's working here she's paying taxes but because she's on the first year of her residency here she's not allowed to claim benefits she's not um she's allowed to use the nhs but i have noticed that in some cases they're not allowed to so there are there are there are privileges we have around the benefits we have access to. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, from a work point of view, it's easier to progress because some jobs require you to travel and do six months abroad, for example. And yeah. um, it's easier for the employing company to do that if you mm. are a British citizen. So, yes, I've quite observed quite a lot of this. <laughs> I've definitely seen it more than me. So we kind of talked about it in that, but do you think that Brexit has sort of opened people's eyes to the privilege of having a citizenship? Yes, and I'll tell you <laughs> the best example is a friend of mine who somehow has links to five different countries. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, as soon as um, Brexit was announced and she thought, oh, my God, you know, we've got to be able to get to any country because life in one country could get very difficult very quickly. She has got, she has six children and she's got six different country passports for her six children and herself. I can't even, like, keep track of one passport. I don't know how she can cope with that. <laughs> I know, it's like, I can't remember exactly, but I think, I think she's got like German, obviously British, Canadian, Australian, and I can't remember the other two. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of a, a bit of a panic, but actually it's a very smart thing to do. Yeah. Because who knows with the state of the world right now, which citizenships are going to be useful and which are not. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's um, true. I also heard that there there was a family, it's a recent conversation I was having, was a family had to all move from the UK to Canada because the husband didn't have British citizenship and for some reason he couldn't continue to work here after Brexit. Right. So they it moved. Um, other people, other organisations have lost staff because even pre-Brexit, when they knew Brexit was coming, um, a client of mine lost staff who had European citizenship because they realised, um, those those people realised they had no, they had a, a difficult future if they stayed on here. Yeah. And thought it was better to move back to Europe and um, continue their careers there. Yeah. Um, and I think this this conversation also touches on your last question that you had for us, um, which is actually in some cases, whole organisations have moved their headquarters from the UK to Germany yeah. because, especially in financial services, um, the UK stock exchanges could no longer clear um, money for Europe. Yeah. Transa transactions for Europe. So, mm. yeah, um, that kind of goes. Um, as so, so from a citizenship privilege point of view, that may, means that I think it was like 500 staff working in London for this 
particular bank, had to move themselves and their families to Germany because they didn't have, um, because the organization said they had to move. And obviously the organization then had to deal with um, the issue of visas and so forth. You know, and some people would have decided, no, they're not going to move their families. So they would have had to perhaps give up that, take a different job. Yeah, I was going to say there's sort of like a, not just you know, the more practical side, but also I've definitely noticed that there's a bit more of like a hostility when you go somewhere in Europe now, like you mentioned before. Like um, I grew up going to Portugal every year. We had a house out there and, you know, we went all the time and became pretty much citizens in that kind of aspect. But as I got older and then when we went sort of after Brexit and everything and that was announced there was definitely a bit more of like a hostility from people that were a little bit more standoffish and you know you do feel a little bit uncomfortable but you know it does make you think okay well that's what it's like for us how has it been like for people coming to here you know over all these years but I think it sort of leads into the next one, which is, do you think that the UK could do more to help people gain citizenship privilege? Yeah, what do you think about that, Gracie? It's a tough one, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) you know, this question came from you, so I'm wondering what your thoughts are about that. So when I was sort of researching it, I found, like, about mainly the costs of it, you know, it's it's expensive. I mean, the initial cost of a citizenship is 1330 for an adult and 1000 for a child. And then you've so, got... So that's just to become a resident, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. My daughter-in-law had to pay. And then, and then you've got to apply for the passport, which I yeah. think is a lot expensive. You've right? got all the costs of, you know, doing the life in the UK test. You've got language tests and then obviously legal advice and everything. So it is sort of, you know, in a money situation, it's it's a big barrier to cross, really. I think there, there's definitely... I mean, when I read up about it as well, it said that the UK is up there with the hardest places to uh, gain citizenship, mm. um, which makes you think, you know, how, what, what must it be like to go somewhere else? Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to the radio yesterday and they were talking about this whole small boats thing, you know, which has turned to be a real farce for the government, hasn't it? They said, you know, they made last week small boats week and they had so many nightmares around it. But what this person on the radio was saying is the reason people are coming on small boats and not applying through legal routes is that there are no legal routes for them to apply. Yeah. So if they want to live in the UK, they have no other choice than to come on these small boats. Yeah. don't know how accurate that is, but mm. so maybe, um, the, you know, maybe the UK could do more to at least open up the opportunity yeah. to apply in a legal way. You know, people might get rejected, but at least they can apply. But as you said, if they've got to pay a £1,000... Do you know what? They probably pay more than a thousand pounds to those gangs. Yeah, that's true. So if they could have the support to apply while they're still in their home country and have support, language support to 
um, to do that, maybe it would actually be better for us as well. Yeah. Why do you think that so many people make, you know, and argue mm. is making UK citizenship easier? I think it's almost a fear. It's like a primal fear, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so I was thinking what specifically that fear might be, and I came up with um, a few ideas. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing that people fear is their culture will be diluted and overtaken. Their yeah. way of life will be affected yeah. by different cultures coming in and having different wants and needs. Yeah, but then also I hear there's a fear about access to basic services, like, you know, that that famous thing people say that, you know, they're, they're taking up all of our NHS resource and that's why we can't get yeah. our treatment kind of thing. I mean, you see it in the news all the time. Like, like, they're taking our jobs, you know, things like that. And it's like, is that just fear? Yeah, Hiding it's just away? fear, I think. I think it is. Because actually now we, we've got jobs that UK citizens either can't do or are not willing to do, right? Yeah. I've heard that those crops just left to rot because there's nobody to pick them. Farmers will be suffering, right? Yeah. And the other thing that I think is really a bit strange, and and I blame the media for this one, is the the thought or the belief that you know people coming in on those small boats, for example, have better treatment. You know, oh, they're being put up in four-star hotels. Yeah. Right. But actually, the four-star hotels have sold out on their brand to make money. Yeah. And, you know, and these poor families, they're stuck in one room, maybe, you know, at least if they're if they're coming as a family, you know, at least two people, maybe up to eight, ten people in one room. Yeah. It's filled with bunk beds. How's yeah. that four-star? Yeah. Not being able to have any private time as a couple, you know, not children not being able to go out and play and learn. How's that better than what we have access to as British citizens? I think people often see these headlines and jump to conclusions and think, you know, oh yeah, they're getting it, they're getting it yeah. fine. You know, we had to, we had to work hard for this, but ultimately, if you look beneath the surface, it's not the way that you think it is. Exactly. So our blog is all about the impact of privilege at work and the privilege conundrum. So I think it's good to wrap up with just summarising the impact of citizenship privilege in the workplace. Um, So I think we've covered some of them. And Gracie, please add any that you Mm -hmm. have. But I think the first thing is being able to access the best talent. Yeah. Is if citizenship privilege was shared more and stewarded, then you'd be able to access talent from across the world. Yeah. And, you know, different societies have different skills which are valuable. Exactly. Um, For a long time, we had um, nurses in the UK who were from the Philippines, and the Filipinos are known for being more caring and nurturing and having those skills that are um for for looking after vulnerable people yeah so um that's just an example so i think accessing the best talent 
can be increased if you steward citizenship privilege at work. Um, You'll have more mobility of staff. It'll cost you less to transfer staff between countries. Um, It'll be less challenging to do. Um, Then it'll stop you having to set up your business abroad in order to reduce staff costs and to access better talent. Um, And that not only would impact your organisation, but it also would impact the UK economy and employment opportunities for people living here. So those were the three things that I had, Gracie. Can you recall any that we've already covered or any new things that you want to add as, you know, why would you want to steward citizenship privilege in the workplace? Yeah, I think adding on to the first point of, and the second point as well about the different skills and stuff, I think it's also experiences, you know, diversity, isn't just about, you know, making sure that everyone, like, you know, we've got people from this background, this from that background. It's looking into why. It's looking into, you know, the different experiences that these people have from these different backgrounds. You know, someone who grew up in poverty isn't going to have the same background as someone who, you know, has all went to a grammar school who did really well. You know, I think that's one of the most important things. Um I personally I've not had a lot of experience I mean I'm only young and I've only had a few jobs since I left school so I've never really sort of seen it front on but from what I've learned you know experience skills talent the mobility it's all crucial yeah and then you look at you know the bank I was talking about imagine having to shift your whole headquarters Mm one country to another because the countries aren't stewarding privilege well there's a lot in this conversation huh definitely (laughs) definitely more that could be said as well to be fair exactly but we're just starting it and i'd love to hear what our readers and our listeners think about this topic because it's not one that's often discussed yeah yeah very true We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organisation. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.